Well, let's take our seats, and if you want to turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and as you're turning there, let me just make one point that it says, in Psalm 91, he, he'll call on me and I will answer him. And if we think of Jesus Christ, but he called upon the Lord on the cross, and the Lord heard him, and the Lord answered him, and um, he was raised from the dead three days later, and praise God, the rest is history. Well, let's turn, first of all, to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and let's hear the Word of God regarding the birth of Jesus Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage, lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Verse 8, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I will bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And the title of the sermon tonight is simply this, Christ the Lord is born. 
Christ the Lord is born. And we join with Christians all around the world at this time of the year to think about the coming of the only begotten Son of God. Of course he wasn't born on the 25th of December. We all know that. But this is a time that we think of his coming, his sending into the world. And, and what a joyful time it is. And in many ways, chapter 2, verse 11 is a central verse for all of us. It says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Notice the phrase there, he has been born. He came as a boy, first of all. I was going to say a man, but he became a man. But he came as a boy who grew up to become a man in the, in the fullness of time. Many, many years after Isaiah would prophesy about the coming of Jesus. So if you're thinking tonight, well, Lord, I'm, I'm getting impatient and I need to see answers to prayer. Well, it's nothing wrong to expect answers to prayer. But remember, God's time scale is different to ours. And here, Christ was born to a village, really. Uh, a place called Bethlehem. A backwater place that you and I tonight would have no interest in unless Jesus was born there. And if it wasn't for the birth of Jesus, we would know little about Bethlehem. Just like Nazareth where Christ the Lord, the, the Messiah of God, was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And then, and here's an encouragement for us, is that Jesus spent time in Africa before he went back to Nazareth. You ever thought about that? He spent time in Africa because there was this persecution that broke out in Bethlehem after Jesus was born, and, and an angel told them, uh, or it was a dream, to, to go, and they went into Egypt and spent time sojourning there before he then came back into Nazareth. And again, we would have no interest tonight in Nazareth, except that Jesus was raised there. And we know the phrase, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You may think of parts in Yorkshire today, and you may think, well, they're, they're pretty barren. There's not much of the gospel there. You may think it's like Nazareth. Can anything good come out of that area? And the answer is yes, because it did from Nazareth. Look who came, the Son of the living God. Christ the Lord is born. And like I mentioned this morning, that Bethlehem means the house of bread. And who was born in the house of bread? The bread of life was born. But, and Jesus said in his ministry, I am the bread of life. And it's the bread that came down from heaven was born. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we're going to look at three simple things tonight. And what a blessing it is for us to be in the house of the Lord. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. And what we're going to look at tonight is that Mary praises God. Mary, that's I'll say it again, Mary praises God. The second one, for those who are taking notes, is this. Uh, better just check my notes. Just a moment. Japhet, the second heading is the, the angels praise God. The angels. So the first one is Mary praises God. 
Secondly, the angels praise God. And then let's see if you can guess what the third heading is. The third heading is that the shepherds praise God. The shepherds praise God. And we must remember that Christ is the gospel. If you have Christ, you have all the benefits of redemption. And if we see in Luke's gospel, chapter 1, that Mary goes to visit uh, her relative, who was Elizabeth, who was already pregnant with who? With John the Baptist. And when um, the Holy Spirit had already brought the conception uh, upon Mary, and so when Mary came into the room, the babe leapt. John the Baptist leapt in the womb. Now we know uh, mothers will report that babies do leap in the womb, but this was a special leap. It was a leap as the Messiah came into the room in the womb of Mary. And most people, commentators, they make this uh, assertion that John the Baptist most likely was regenerated in his mother's womb. Whoa, isn't that wonderful? There's no limit to the power of God. Of course, the ordinary pathway and the ordinary means is that someone gets to a point where they hear the gospel and then they respond to the gospel and they put faith in it, but the new birth still comes from the Holy Spirit. So God's arm is not shortened that it cannot save even in the mother's womb. And so what happens is then Mary bursts into a song of praise. And in chapter 1 and verse 46... He says, Mary said, but this turns out to be a song. What does Mary say? She says, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Now let's just stop there for a moment before we go any further. This is our last Lord's Day evening service. So we trust that God will have a blessing for us. Uh, as we think about uh, Mary praising God. Look how she begins, and she begins uh, in this anthem of praise, and it's the Holy Spirit who is carrying Mary along. She's speaking words that are coming from the Holy Spirit. Clearly, Mary has a good understanding of the Bible, even though she was a, a young lady. She had, clearly has a good understanding of the Bible, but she begins by saying, my soul magnifies the Lord. Now, have you ever had a magnifying glass as a boy or a girl? And you put it onto something, and it makes it, whoa, so much bigger, maybe ten times bigger. And what Mary is saying here, that her soul magnifies the Lord. And that's a work of the Holy Spirit. One of the works of the devil is to make man bigger and God smaller. But notice Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. The Holy Spirit was coming through Mary and teaching us tonight that the Spirit of God will teach us to, to magnify the Lord and see God to be who he is, far bigger and above and beyond anything we could ask or imagine. Her soul says, my soul magnifies the Lord with her comprehension with her understanding she she's magnifying the lord and making the lord so much bigger 
than perhaps she'd experienced before. Then she says, my spirit rejoices. My spirit rejoices. And the rejoicing is not simply an emotion, albeit um, it will perhaps lead sometimes to emotions. It's not wrong to have joyful emotions based in rejoicing. Because if your vision of God is far bigger than it was before, that will cause rejoicing. And it says, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. See there we mentioned this morning, Mary was a sinner. She was a, a godly woman, but she's professing with her own lips that God is her Savior. Can you say tonight, could you say with Mary that God is my Savior? Now, notice how she doesn't begin. She doesn't begin with all kinds of problems and rehearsing to the Lord and saying, Lord, you know, this is going to be very difficult, this, uh, this holy conception. Uh, you've uh, promised me uh, that I'm going to be uh, giving birth to the Son of God, etc. And she doesn't rehearse to the Lord all the problems and difficulties that that would cause. Instead, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. How big is your vision of God tonight? How big is your vision of the covenant Lord? I hope that your vision is not a small one. I hope God is not small, that can be controlled by you or I. God is above and beyond anything that we can ask, think, or imagine. So the first heading is that Mary praises God. And that's how she begins. And you can go and read all the way through and you can feel something of the pulsating joy that she has from the Lord. She really focuses on the truth of God in that whole song. And we think of, of one hymn that we sometimes sing and there's a line there and there's a line in this hymn and it says, "'Tis mystery all you know that line tis mystery all now mary knows that the child in her womb is the fulfillment of the promise given promises that go all the way back to abraham you imagine being mary and there as the child grew and the the weight of of the baby in her womb and she's realizing that she's carrying the fulfillment of the promises of the ages going all the way back to Abraham. Remember what God said to Abraham, this covenant promise. He said, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And Mary was carrying this infant child in her womb. And we think of this covenant promise that was given to Abraham later. And it says, uh, God said to Abraham, I will be God to you and your offspring. And Mary was carrying God in her womb. You think, well, I gotta, nobody could carry God. Well, of course, he's, he's, he's the God-man. He's the mediator. She's carrying in her womb the God-man. And the one who we sing a lot about, he will be called Emmanuel. He was given the name Jesus, which means the Lord saves, but he's the fulfillment of the covenant promise to be Emmanuel, 
And to think, as the baby grew inside the womb of Mary, to think that she was carrying Emmanuel and all the promises centered in that child. Well, our second heading is the angels praise God. I, I was going to call it the heavenly host, but I thought it might be a bit of a long heading. So the second heading, the first one is Mary praises God. The second heading is the heavenly host praises God. And once we've, we've read tonight in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, that once uh, the Lord was born in Bethlehem, the city of David, the glory of the Lord shone all around. Look in chapter 2 and verse 13 with me. It says, well, verse 12, and this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. What is a manger? It's a feeding trough for animals. Perhaps some of you tonight, you were born in Jessup's Hospital in Sheffield. Who knows? Jesus wasn't born in, in a Jessup's Hospital. He was born in a stable. Imagine that. Imagine your mum laying you in, in a feeding trough. That's humiliation. Christ came into this world as a lowly king, but a king he is. And here we see in verse 13, and suddenly, notice the word, and suddenly. And the word suddenly is an important word in the life and ministry of Jesus. Because later on, when he begins his public ministry, 30 years later, he says, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Remember that? In Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Suddenly. First of all, he was growing until the age of 30, and then suddenly he appeared before the people. And here we find, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying. Now, before we get to the angels praising God, let me just bring one other point out. Is that in the history of the church, when God moves powerfully, it's normally a suddenly. It comes when you least expect it. Like the day of Pentecost. And suddenly there was a wind that came from heaven. And the world was changed ever since. When you read about histories of revivals, you find time and time again that it happens suddenly. It doesn't come upon the church when everything's all wonderful and so forth. It comes upon the church when God decrees it. And likewise here, and suddenly, it says, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. You imagine going down the path from Hilltop Chapel tonight, and how suddenly would the heavens would be filled with all these angels, angels that you cannot number. But they're not just there. This, this is not for entertainment. This is for the glory of God. And they're singing and praising God. The angels appear physically and they're praising God. This is God's endorsement of the birth of Jesus. All heaven bursts into song on earth. And it says here in the word of God, they sing glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
Let's just think about the angels praising God. What they're saying is, is that glory to God in the highest. That everything about the birth of Jesus is about the glory of God. He says glory to God. So it's not first and foremost about us being saved, which is going to happen, but it's about the glory of God. And who could have comprehended that at that time? Glory to God in the highest, they're singing. They're giving honor and praise to Almighty God. Angels, just like Mary, my soul doth magnify the Lord. What are the angels now doing? They are magnifying the Lord. What do we need in the church? We need to magnify the Lord. Focus on who God Almighty is. He's the one who is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the firstborn from the dead, the creator, the one who is the light of the world. And what do we need? We need to behold our God. And here they're singing, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace. Yes, they, they're proclaiming the peace of God because in Jesus, the, Jesus is the only means by which sinful man can be reconciled to holy, almighty God. And so here is a question for all of us tonight. Have you been reconciled with almighty God? And if the answer is yes, you are most blessed. But that can only happen through Jesus Christ. And though he comes to bring peace with us between ourselves and sinners and God, it doesn't mean that our lives will always be a life of, of peace in a sense. Yes, we can have peace with God, but the Bible promises things for us as it did in the life of Jesus. The life of Jesus, he faced constant assaults from the devil, didn't he? One minute he's fasting and the devil comes to tempt him and then leaves until an opportune time and then demons are crying out. The Pharisees are criticizing him. And Jesus himself gave us promises. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. We live in a sinful world. And Paul the Apostle later on says, when I am weak, then am I strong. And said that he himself faced calamities and hardships and difficulties and setbacks. And we also will as we follow Jesus. So if you're facing difficulties and obstacles and hardships tonight, as a Christian, be encouraged and press on. Jesus says, he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. So how do we learn endurance? It's to endure. And so the angels teach us a lesson here. They say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. In verse 15 it says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, imagine that. Because our first, third and last heading now is the shepherds praise God. Now, this was completely unexpected by these shepherds. 
Our third heading is the shepherds, and it turns out they end up praising God as well. And they end up evangelizing as well and telling others the good news about the birth of Jesus. Now, let's just think for a moment who these shepherds were. We've just read in the Word of God, it says that um, verse 8, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Who were shepherds? What, what did they do? Well, Bethlehem was, I don't know, something maybe five miles or so from Jerusalem. And so there was always the need for lambs to be sacrificed, sacrificed such as the Passover lambs. And then it would have to be hundreds and hundreds or maybe thousands, I have no idea, but so many uh, lambs that will be needed for sacrificing at certain times of the year. That's not to mention all the different sacrificial offerings, the burnt offerings and the, the peace offerings that would be made in Jerusalem. So the shepherds were involved in raising sheep and raising sheep to provide sacrificial animals. And who was born in, in Bethlehem? Jesus Christ, who later on in his life said this. He said, I am the good shepherd of the sheep, the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And so there there's all these shepherds who see these glorious angels praising God. And who is born? The good shepherd is born. The one who would be the Lamb of God, who would take away the sins of the world. But one other thing about shepherds is this, is that shepherds was a very despised occupation at the time of the birth of Jesus. Have you ever been to a nativity story and, you know, you go to the local school and, and maybe you've been a shepherd? Maybe you have. And, you know, your parents come, they're all excited, and they say, ah, our lad's a shepherd this year, and he's all dressed up in his shepherd's outfit, and it all seems so quaint. But in the context here, there was nothing quaint about being a shepherd. It was a despised occupation. People looked down very much at shepherds. But who does God reveal himself to? It's not the high and mighty Herods in the temple, or not the temple rather, high and mighty Herods in the palaces. He reveals himself to these humble shepherds. We've seen also he reveals himself to humble Mary. And now he reveals himself to these humble shepherds, these despised men who had a significant network of contacts in that area. Wouldn't be the average contacts that perhaps you and I would have, but shepherds would travel around with their flock of sheep from place to place, and they had contacts. And so here we see in verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, what would you say if you were a shepherd? And you've just seen all these angels flooding the sky singing praise to God. And now they said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they recognize it is the eternal covenant Lord who has revealed himself to these shepherds. And it says that the Lord has made it known to them. And they went with haste 
Don't you like that phrase? They went with haste. It wasn't a kind of a passivity, oh, well, what should we do tonight? Oh, I'm not really sure. What do you think we should do? Oh, I don't really know. No, with haste. How is your relationship with Christ? Are you hastily running towards Christ? Because the Bible says, return unto me, and I will return unto you, says the Lord. And they made haste, it says uh, here in the word of God. In verse 16, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Imagine that. They've had all this heavenly host singing glory to God in the highest. And then when they get there to see Mary and Joseph and the child, the child is in a manger, in a feeding trough. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Let's just stop there for a moment. It would have taken those shepherds' faith to have believed that this is the promise of the ages. A child announced to them by the heavenly host, by the angels, and now they find the child with Mary and Joseph and he is in a manger. Jesus doesn't necessarily come to us with all kinds of worldly trappings, saying, believe in Jesus, it's worth your while, you, 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 you won't have problems again, believe in him, no. He, he was revealed to the shepherds as one who was in a manger, a feeding trough. And it took them faith, and it takes us faith, to keep looking unto Jesus. And it says here, verse 17, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What do they speak of? The angels, the heavenly host, and that the truth of God, that what was born and who was born was the Christ of God who was born in Bethlehem. And so they went and told other people concerning this child, and a bit like the Samaritan woman. Remember the Samaritan woman? And when she, uh, Jesus met with her, and then she went and told all the other Samaritans about Jesus. What do these shepherds do now? They go and tell other people about Jesus. And this will be 30 years before his ministry will begin and preparing the way for the Lord. And it's good for us to pray that God would give us opportunities to talk to other people about Jesus. Well, it says here, verse 18, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They may not have understood it, but they wondered at all the shepherds had told them. And in verse 19, it says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Mary praised God. She said, My soul magnifies the Lord. The angels praise God and say, Glory be to God in the highest. And now the shepherds are praising God. 
for all that they had heard. Well, may God help us by his Holy Spirit that our hearts will be overflowing with praise tonight and ongoing. Because if we have met with Jesus, there is nothing better. And may our mouths be, be anointed as Isaiah's was to speak of the glory of God to other people and let them know the good news about Jesus Christ. Jesus has been born. Jesus lives a sinless life. And Jesus eventually dies on a cross. And if God doesn't... If we don't allow God to use us, he will use somebody else. Just like he chose these humble shepherds. And may we not be thinking we're greater than a humble shepherd. May we be like those humble shepherds. Let's open our mouths to proclaim the glories of Christ to others. Well, as we come to the close of this sermon tonight, we're going to be singing in a moment, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And let me just make a few comments about that hymn. It says, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. There's another hymn that we've just sung, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem, come and behold him born, the king of angels. And so we can rejoice tonight in the good news of not only of the finished work of Christ upon the cross, but the finished work of his birth, the 